This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey, we're wrapping up our three-part series with Bob Cooper and the Q&A discussion with a customer panel at the 2022 Elite Invitational. Chris Monroe joins us as we discuss websites, Google Ads, and cause marketing. Now, don't forget, download your complimentary customer care guide and an owner's job description guide by going to EliteWorldwide.com forward slash ARN or find the link in the show notes. Also, links to all of these customer panels are in the show notes, so worth the time. Do a lunch and learn with your people and talk about the takeaway. You can also watch this three-part series on my Carm Capriato YouTube channel or find the link to the video in the show notes. Hey, thanks to our sponsor, Napa, for providing this episode. You know, it's no secret we're facing a technician shortage. Napa Auto Care is addressing that. The free two-year apprentice program offers a variety of training to produce a technician with three ASE certifications. Now, to learn more, members can visit member.napaautocare.com. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to uh, what has become a great series here on the podcast about customer perceptions. It's part three with Bob Cooper and Chris Monroe. Hey, Bob, how are you? I'm doing great, Carm. Thanks for giving me the opportunity of being here. It's been uh, a real pleasure to spend time with you. Bob Cooper, president, founder, Elite Worldwide, uh, and Chris Monroe of Monroe Tire and Auto in North Carolina. Yes, sir. Hey, guys. Hey, Carm. Bob, good to see everybody. Glad to be here today. Thanks for having me. And you've been on before. You run an incredible business. So thank you for being here. A little side story, guys. I'm a member of a local independent group here in Buffalo. And this morning at 6.15, we had our monthly meeting. And one of the guys got up and said, I was at a meeting yesterday and I talked all about perception part one with Bob Cooper. He got up and he started to tell all the parts, Bob, and he was just in total love with what we did. I was proud that uh, he was so into it that he felt like he should share it and that there was so much to learn. And then I said, well, there's a part two and a part three coming up. Wait, if you love if you love part one, wait till you hear part two and three. So if you're listening here in part three, we're going to have links to go back to two and one. And of course, in one, we'll put the forward links to part two and three. One of the most unique things that we've had on the show, I think in seven years, and Bob, it was something I've always wanted to do. And when you brought me this idea, I fell in love with it. Listen, we're going to have a panel up on stage at the Elite Invitational in June, and let's record this stuff and bring it to your listeners. And, you know, let's take the snippets from it. I understand and I feel your passion as to why the industry needs to have this. Yeah, they certainly do. I don't think there's any question about that. I think all of us in business, when I was in the auto repair business or today with the elite, we think that we understand the customers. We do everything that we can do to try to communicate and learn from them. But there's certain things that our customers will always be reluctant to tell us. I'm talking about generalizations here. And the expression that I love to use is no one likes to tell somebody else that their baby is ugly. So you got these customers that love you. They've been coming to you for years. But there's probably some things in your shop, in your business that just they don't think is right. What whatever that might mean. And they're not going to ruffle feathers. They just want to get their car fixed and they want to go home. So they're not going to bring that to your attention. So how do you get inside of their heads? And the only way that I found to be able to do that is find people that would be your ideal, perfect customers. They have the affordability. They drive the kind of cars you'd like to service there. They put a lot of miles on their cars. They depend on their cars. They're easy to deal with. Find those people and then spend some time with them. Get inside of their heads and ask them questions about the auto repair experience. And uh, more often than not, you'll be amazed at what you can learn from those people. 
Chris, have you ever sat down with customers and asked them these types of questions? I have, but typically those conversations start out with some sort of crisis or they didn't understand something. And so you've got the fire hose and, and you kind of work it backwards and then you learn more. But I go into the waiting room and a lot of times and I'll just sit down and ask people how they're doing, a general funnel conversation. Bob and I have started talking to these panels and listening to these panels. It's piqued my interest a lot more. I invite the audience to do that in your own business. And maybe you already do. I'm making an assumption that you don't. But typically, you know, the owner jumps in when there's a when there's a big problem. You know, it's just kind of gone past everybody else. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about what does the average person walking in or your typical customer walking in, what are they wanting? What's in the back of their head? You know, we're behind the counter and our vision and what we're looking at through our goggles is not the same. And we think it is, but it's not, even though we're customers and other things, you know. What we're doing on these part one, part two, part three, Bob, at least getting that information from the client. And my vision is, as the owner of the business, even general manager of the business, to be able to just go into the weight room, even if the customer is there waiting online to get checked out and there's someone in front of them, and pull them on the side and sit them on the big leather couch, even though we don't, our weight rooms aren't there what they are, people aren't waiting, you got an opportunity to sit in a little bit of comfort and just say, how are you? How's the family? How's the kids? That is if you know them. And if you don't, even a better opportunity to introduce yourself as the owner or GM of the business and ask some of these questions. Is side by side, not confrontational, not over a desk. And if you will, godfather, godmother opportunity. I'm telling you, I think if we're not doing enough of that, we should start doing more because customer relationships and trust, no like and trust, you guys know that. If we're not there, you know the story, how far that story goes. I sat with Chris, the, the owner, and we were just chatting about stuff. He really cared about my experience and what I thought. And let's use these part one, two, and three to motivate you, my listener. Again, the top 20% are amazing, Bob. And the next 80 are average. My old job, Bob, your whole job is to take the average and move them up. Our waiting room is a different building. And so people come in, longtime customers will be in there mixed with six or seven other folks. And one or two of those people may or may not have ever been in before. <laughs> and so they're asking other customers, is this a good place? Are they honest here? You know, they just came and told me I needed something. So the longtime customers come in and they will say, we witnessed next door. <laughs> we encircled a newbie over there and uh, it's it's kind of interesting, but that's uh, it's fun. All right, look, at let's jump in this. But I, I do want to wet the whistle of somebody just joined us for the first time. Hey, there's a podcast. It's on the aftermarket and it's CARM. Part one, we talked about how much uh, techs earn tattoos and smoking, customer referencing to Texas mechanics. It was an incredible episode. Thank you for that, Bob. Part two, pricing and competitiveness and recovery. And today, we're going to talk about websites, Google ads, and cause marketing. I just can't wait to get in it. Bob, do you want to set this up or should we just run it? Yeah, I'd like to take just a quick moment, if I could, Carmen, let your audience know that the panelists that you're going to see in just a moment, these are all guys and gals I'm going to promise you that you would love to have as customers. Uh, half of the panel was actually from uh, dealership customers because we know that that's a target market that you would like to get. The other remaining three of them, I should say, come from the independent world, but they are, again, these are your perfect, perfect customers. So what we've learned from them is just absolutely outstanding. And guys and gals that are listening, watching what you're going to learn from them, I think is going to be amazing as well. Okay, let's run the first one. You're looking at a website in your particular case right. uh, for an auto repair shop. 
let's say, outside of their contact information, what would you be looking for on their website? Their websites, other than the contact information, what would you look for? What would you want to see? The number of years they've been in service. How long they've been in service? Right. I'd, I'd also hope that on the homepage there'd be uh, maybe some reviews mm-hmm. uh, or a va- way to get to the reviews. I think also their specialty cars. Okay. If, they, if they're a specialty? They, if they're a specialty. Okay. A way oh. for me to get a picture of what I'm going to meet when I get there. A way to get a picture of what you would meet. So almost like images or yeah, pictures images, or videos? Yeah, people, images. People communicate to me. So if they've got a service desk and the person, not a stock photo. I do graphics work and I can tell stock photos that person's not at their shop. But just show me the real people and, and a friendly smile. And, and it gives me a picture of what I'm going to get when I get there. Interesting. Yana, how about you? If it was an emergency and I was in the area that I don't know anybody, I would go for the closest one, as long as it was the authorized dealer. And if it had five stars, I would just go to the closest one. Jody, how about you? I also like that a picture is worth a thousand words and agree 100%. No clip art photos and um, a picture of you doing something that makes me connect with you. So I understand that you're in the car business, but you mentioned dogs. I think that dogs and kids are great sales tools, not to um, be pandering, but the idea that you have um, more to you than just um, your expertise. I think that that's the lowest level on the wrong, your expertise. Um, Also, a phone number, please, a phone number and an email address. I know that it can be tricky with um, phishing and spidering on the back end, but let me get a hold of you in a way that works for me. Easy to reach out is what you're telling us. Brent, what about you? I think I'd want to see reviews first and then, again, a picture of the shop. So I don't, I don't know if I would care so much about the, the individuals working there, but definitely what does it look like? The facility. Yeah, like, are, like is, it, is it in a good neighborhood? Are we, you know, I want to know what I'm getting into before I go over there, for sure. Serena, how about you? What would you like to see? Other than the contact information, what would you like to see? Same thing they mentioned, like the overall picture of, um, I mean, you are painting a picture of your business and the first impression, what I see and... The smiling faces, um, if, if the whole site is organized, too. I don't know, guys. That's a wow. A lot of takeaways there. Huge. Chris, impression. I like the funneling piece. I think that uh, I've been through five iterations of my own website since the late 2000s. And the first one, we all were kind of taught to write it as, you know, all the about us and, you know, all the descriptions and Man, it was like a Britannica. We wrote websites like we were appealing to an investor, not a customer. And that has kind of trickled down, thank goodness. I think these guys really sum that up well. They, they just, they want to see reviews. They want to push a button to call. They want to text you. They want to get directions. They want call to action. That's what they want. They want to find out if you're close. Are you reputable? They want to see pictures of your business. Is it clean? Is it a dump? Their decisions are going to go from there. Then it's up to you on that phone or that first impression. This is just another doorway. My big takeaway was uh, curb appeal, the reviews. Sometimes we put the reviews at the bottom and not necessarily at the top, but yet 
you know, sometimes Google will lift those reviews. The specialty thing, Bob, I thought was so interesting. And if you if you work on a certain car and you're really good at it, tell me up front. Let me know because that may be an area of interest. I may not have written down uh, near me, Audi, Audi mechanic near me. But if I just said mechanic near me and all of a sudden it peaked it, it's some great information to, to give someone if you have a specialty. And the years you've been around, I thought was interesting. And so I guess the confidence that if, if you're in business, 25, 30, 40, whatever the number of years, that may give confidence to the individual to make that call or set the appointment. Well said, Carmen. To your point about tenure, how long they've been in business. One of the things that we learned from another customer panel, one that we did in 2020 with uh, our dear friends at Mitchell One, that was online and we had over a thousand shop owners attend that panel. And one of the things that we learned from them is they love whenever it's legitimate, they love to find companies through their websites that are family operated. If they know it's a family business, they don't feel like it's a guy that's just there to try to get rich quick. If it's a family business, it's more integrated. It's more part of the community. It's something that's more for real. They just feel more comfortable with that. So to your point, when you're able to talk about your tenure, how long you've been in business, and if you could talk about family as well, that's a really great place to be. The one thing that intrigued me, a couple of things really intrigued me, and that's what they didn't say. Couldn't help but notice not one of them mentioned anything about price, not one. And again, these are not price shopping people, but not one of them mentioned that. And the other thing that intrigued me, none of them talked about the nuances of the secondary services that are offered. Air conditioning, front end, suspension, tires, what, whatever. They didn't go into details like that. Like so many shop owners today, you look at their websites and they have this whole litany, much like Chris was saying, all this long list of all of the different services they provide. And what these people were just telling us, that doesn't matter to us. We got to believe in you. We got to feel that you and your company as a whole is the right place. If we buy you, then we'll buy the services. So, Bob, it matters to SEO, but it shouldn't be on your homepage. I guess that's the point. It should be buried somewhere so that the Google bots can find it. Absolutely. There's no question about that. Absolutely. Before we go into part two here, I got to make a mention in this morning's meeting. I told you that I was at an independent panel of 20 shop owners. One of them came to us and said, a friend of mine had to go back to the dealer for a dealer issue on under warranty. And even though he thought it was under warranty, the shop told him, the dealer shop told him, uh, you need a $200 deposit to hold the appointment in two months. Oh, how to win friends and influence people, huh? I just took that and I just shook when I heard it. And all I said to everybody is, good for us. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, Carm, one of the other things that I thought that was interesting that Jody had mentioned, she said, look, I expect you to provide good service. So tell me more about you, your company, than that. That's a minimum, the good service. That's sort of a given with her mind. And uh, she had mentioned dogs. You pick up on that? She had mentioned dogs and things of that nature. One of the shops that we work with in San Diego, he actually brings his dog in every day to work. He's done that for years. And he actually had business cards made up for his dog. And it's the name of the dog on the business card. And it says something to the extent of chief customer care office or something like that. And when people come in and say, boy, that's a cute little dog that you have over there. He'll say, yeah, if you ever need to get in touch with him, here's his business card. So rapport is built 100%. So, you know, I'm not here to suggest to your listeners that they go out and get business cards for their dogs, even though it's really cute. I'm here to suggest what Jody said has a lot of merit. Whenever you can show them that you're a real person, that you care about other animals, that you care about other forms of life, that could go a long way. Two of those panel members, I apologize for not mentioning it earlier, two of them drove electric cars by design. 
Guys and gals, you have to appeal to those people. Even if right now you are not working on electric cars, you know that this is your future. You know that this is the future for the industry. They need tires. They need wiper blades. They're going to need everything else. They're going to need a lot of other services. So you really need to consider what you're doing with your website and what you are saying about what you are able to do, even if it's just tires on electric cars or minimal services or something of that nature. you got to find ways to start embedding that on your website because that's going to let people know that you're up with the times, that you're actually ahead of the curve. You're ahead of your competition. Hey, have you visited the Napa Auto Care member site lately? Well, since its relaunch in 2020, the Napa Auto Care member site has continued to evolve to keep members updated on all the Napa programs, promotions, member benefits, and business building tools to help your business thrive. Some features to the member site include never miss an update, stay current with notifications and announcements on the homepage, and view the dashboard featuring your shop's financial status. Also, take advantage of cost-saving member-exclusive promotions and a faster automated 24-24 peace-of-mind warranty submission process. Submit re-repair claims directly on the member site and easily check the status there as well. Now, typically, the claim is settled and EFT or credit card payment is sent within 48 hours. Turn searches into a new customer with a referral tracker. Now learn more about how a consumer Napa online search for your shop can generate new customers at no additional cost to members. Use this popular customer tool to evolve your marketing strategies and to get the most business value. Own more than one Napa AutoCare? Link all your facilities to one login and access all the facilities to one user. You can also access the Shop Napa Helm or Pro Office website directly. You can also submit a pro-image free look for a sneak peek at how you can co-brand your locally known name with the nationally recognized Napa brand. Also, submit online ASE certification renewal and test reimbursements. You also get exclusive access to dozens of industry-leading programs and solutions. Now, if you're a Napa Auto Care member, visit member.napaautocare.com to access the member portal and take advantage of these many member benefits today. Now, if you're not a Napa Auto Care Center, contact your servicing Napa Auto Parts store to learn more about how to join the Napa family. This is a very short audio clip or video, this next one, on Google Ads. Bob, I thought it was one of the most succinct (laughs) succinct ones we have. So listen to this, everyone. This is all about paid Google Ads. I assume that you guys are familiar with the paid search at the top. Mm -hmm. You see the ads at the top. Do you consider those? Yes or no? The paid ads at the top? No. No? No. No? Sometimes. Okay. No? No. no. Okay. There. That answered that question, right? (laughs) I love what you said. Okay. We're done. (laughs) With the exception of Jody, who said sometimes, what do you think of that, guys? What do you think of their responses? I'm kind of the same way. When I'm looking for something, I typically scroll out of the ads. Uh, Unless it's extremely attractive or extremely rare, I go past them as well. For us, we use them on an occasion because we've been in business 49 years and the word tire is our dominant and, you know, dominant in our name. So many people after 49 years don't realize we do alignments. They don't realize we do brakes. They don't realize we do other maintenance services. So we target particular days and particular words just to get our name there because it doesn't pull up for whatever reason. It has its place in our marketing strategy. But we get a lot of clicks, but I'm not really sure how effective it is right at the moment. But we're plugging at it. If the ads are pushed up 
I may quickly look at them, but I never click on them because I didn't want to be influenced by someone that had money to tell me where to go. I'm still of maybe the old school that I want to do my own research. Bob, what do you see in the industry regarding this? We see uh, quite a few shops, as Chris had said, that do have really great success with PPC, especially the specialty shops. Shops like transmission shops have great success with PPC. But the thing that I think that we all need to bear in mind, these were all the ideal customers. I want to reiterate that again. These are your perfect customers. These people are on a panel. And what I thought was interesting is not only the answers that they gave, but how they not only gave them quickly, but almost like a hint of disdain in there. Almost like, oh, no, you know, oh, never is what I picked up on it with their tonality. You click on it, oh, no, not. So they didn't even want to be tagged with that or have a conversation about that, which I thought was interesting. And that might play to exactly what you were talking about, Carm. That thought in the back of their mind is, I'm not going to be lured in by that kind of advertising. I'm not a sucker like that. That may very well be the case. So we're not suggesting uh, that anybody not use PPC. We are just suggesting it's not going to have the influence that you may hope that it would have on your potential customers. I would love to know from a panel of shop owners, Bob, how well PPC works for them. For a lot of them, it does work really well. I do know that. And are you spending that money, Chris? Yes, I am. We're doing a rotating uh, piece through the week. So we're picking out different words. And we found in in a 20-mile radius of our shop, we've got three days that are really hot. And so we can see those analytics. And we're getting hits on it. I see the hits. I see the analytics. I see the growth there. But I don't know how to convert that into my shop. Like, I don't understand who's actually spending money that, that got there. And I'm not asking that question. I think there's a miss there. When Google says there's a view, does that mean that they say brakes near me or tune up near me? And that, you know, we pop up at the top and that's a view and they scroll through and click on something else. Or did they click on my ad? You know what I mean? There's a little bit of uh, uncertainty with that. Chris, is Monday one of the uh, top days? No, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, actually. Wow. We're closed on the weekend. So we're Monday through Friday, but Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's a big day. Big three days of of searching. And we've rolled that through the whole week. We've tried three-day increments. We've tried Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And we keep watching those analytics to see you know, who's responding and how it's changing. And I think that transmits to not only what Chris is talking about when it comes to PPC, but let's just say web search, period. When a lot of the people are looking for solutions, it's the end of the week. They're going into the weekend. They feel that they're going to get their car service, or maybe they feel they got the time to do it and they can't do it during the days, right? work or whatever. So yeah, popular days. Thanks, Chris. That's great. Great piece of advice. Thank you. Bob, any follow up on this? We don't believe that it was any kind of radical discovery, but we just want shop owners to be aware that these ideal customers, at least these five people, are not supporters of it. It's, they just didn't seem to be supporters of it. Okay, set up the cause marketing thing for us. I think this one is huge. I think this is the one that everybody in your organization, everybody that's watching this needs to grab onto this. At Elite, we use a principle. We call it people don't do business with businesses. People do business with people. So you got to humanize your shop, no matter what you do in marketing, no matter how much money you spend. The reality is you're still trying to build that relationship with that person. You're trying to take the caller and convert them into Chris, you know, from a caller. This is what you're trying to do to, to bring that relationship. So if you're doing cause marketing, if you're out on the street, 
as an example, if you got a fair going, if you're doing something that humanizes you, humanizes your business, and if you can be involved with them, like in your community involvements, then it's a huge home run because this gives them the opportunity to really learn more about you, your culture, and and who you are. And by the way, Carmen, as you know, this one excerpt that you're going to play is from one of the panelists that really had a great message when it comes to cause marketing and why she thinks it's so important. All right, we'll play the uh, the bite here. So two questions. First of all, how important is knowing that a company gives back to the community and knowing their values to you? And secondly, what would make you follow a Facebook or Instagram page? When I was talking earlier, I wanted to say that in building those relationships, I was just thinking my own self about what I would do when you posed that question to us, which was really a hardball question. You did not tell us you were going to ask us that question about what would we do. But one of the things that I talked about, I was like, well, what would I do to start building those relationships? And I started thinking, you know, I would really venture on a cause marketing PR campaign and the idea of fixing cars for kids who are coming out of foster care or helping fix up cars or teach kids who are coming out of foster care, something like that, that would really warm my heart. I think it would be a great PR story. I think it could put you on the front page of the right section of the paper, and that would matter to me. So I think that those are some of the things I would look at and find those kinds of causes that matter to you. You can't fake that stuff. If you love pets, then help the Humane Society. You know, find something that you love. Jen, what about you, Sarah? about cause marketing. Is it important? Yes. Um, Do I have time to look into all the causes that somebody might be contributing to? No. So honestly, I'm not going to take my business somewhere just because, you know, they're focused on dogs or orphans or anything. It's it's kind of separate for me. Cool. I just want to make sure I understood you clearly. You said you're not going to take your cars to some place because they're focused on dogs or something like that. Is that what you said? Yeah. Well, it was nice that she was able to join us for this amount of time, right? Before we let her go. We love you. We, no, we love you. We love you. And, and we get it. We, Sorry, you know? trying to put together, formulate yeah. that sentence. Yeah. But it's, You're doing a great job. It, it really is not going to be top priority for me. What about you? I, I don't know if it would encourage my decision, but it definitely would encourage me to refer people. So I would say, hey, you know, this huh. company I do business with does this for the community or whatever. So it would encourage me to, you know, talk more about it with other people. Well, that's not? interesting, isn't it? Even if it doesn't convert him to a customer, it would encourage him to talk to other people. That's very interesting. How about you? So in every town in America, there are always new people moving to the neighborhoods. And when they come into your neighborhoods, they might be looking for a mechanic. And if you have a cause that you truly believe in, because like she said, there's no way you can fake this. Find a cause that you really believe in and put that into your marketing because these people who are going to move into your town, they might really just pick you because of that. Um, I don't think there's going to be anybody down the street who is going to switch their mechanics because of that to you, but you're going to get that, you know, those newcomers just because they believe in the same cause. Yeah, there you go. What about you? Yeah, I, I think I'd agree. Uh, I think it was Brendan shared. I wouldn't make my choice of a mechanic because they're doing a, a cause. However, um, I do believe if you were sponsoring your service reps and one of them has a little league player and you say, hey, if you get involved, we'll sponsor that team. You put that up on and, and you do that. You're going to find that other people on that team realize, oh, you're from the mechanic shop and they're going to, when their car needs something, they'll ask you. If you're part of a, a local community and you're involved in helping that community be better, 
there are going to be people you're going to interact with. And when their car needs to be repaired, they might not look at all the Google ads. Instead, they might uh, ask, hey, my friend, he's on this or she's doing this. And we work together on, on this charity thing. And so they'll just bring it. So that's, that is a way of, of kind of being a part of the local community. There's another wow, a lot there. Chris, I'll let you take the lead on this. I'm in a small town and I've always been active in the community with various things. But interestingly, you know, I think about this question. I've never been active because I wanted to give somebody my business card or get in front of a a CEO or, or whatever. I've always done it because I think that as a leader, as a business owner, um, it's part of your responsibility to a community to a certain extent. And I think you, you have passions and you migrate to those passions and uh, you support your community. And I think there's nothing but good that comes from that. I agree with everybody on that panel. I think they're right. I don't think somebody's going to say, oh, well, they fixed up a, a car and gave it away to a foster home. Now I'm going to go do business with them. But it's more than external. There's an internal piece to that. The internal piece is if you have one or two or three people in this business that are, you know, I've got a soccer coach in my business. I'm, I'm involved in several organizations in our community, several other of our, we've got some young families here and they're involved in coaching and assistant coaching. It's just the right thing. You know, do it for the right reason. And the right reason is to be a part of your community. Are you saying to get behind some of the things that your people that work for you are behind. Absolutely. We sponsored soccer teams and baseball teams and a lot of little kid teams. Um, little kids, they can't drive. You know, they have parents that have to drive them. And we've had our name all over uniforms all over the county in different leagues. And it's just the right thing. I'll probably do golf tournaments and hospice. And I mean, it's just there's a little bit of everything. Being on a major thoroughfare People walk in every day and they're looking for a donation or, you know, give a bag or, you know, can you give an oil service to raise money for this auction item or whatever. We have actually certificates printed up just for these things so that anybody on the counter can reach down, they can get it, they can circle whatever level they want to give away. And that's up to them if they want to give away an alignment or an oil service or a whatever. They just sign their name and they give it to the organization and they write it in a, in a catalog. And so we just track it that way. You're supporting the community if they walk in and you've got a very nice way to do a, a little league and a, and a raffle and the cookie drive and w- whatever. You want to help. I get that. But when I go back to the topic of cause marketing, it looks like that would be something that you really get behind. You put real muscle, real shoulder. It's something that you feature in Facebook a lot. And I would caution the world that if you don't have a caring heart about it, don't do it because it won't look good. Yeah. And I've seen businesses give away bicycles and they take pictures of the bikes in front of their shop and I don't know. I I feel differently about that, and I'll leave it at that. I think if you're going to do those kinds of things, for me, I'm not going to put that on social media. I'm going to do things behind the lines, and you know, it's important to the association of the organization, but it's not really to promote me or our business or whatever. It's interesting. Like our team will go Christmas shopping. We'll get together and, you know, we don't even know who we're buying for, but we'll get together and we'll go say, we're going to spend a thousand dollars and let's all go to Walmart. We'll see you at six o'clock. And we go over there and just fill up carts. And take a picture of the carts full at Walmart, not at your shop. That's what you're saying, right? 
No, we don't take a picture at all. You just go do it. And it's for us. It's for our internal family, right? Got it. Got it. Maybe that doesn't relate, but I think there's a bunch of shops out there that do the exact same thing. I'm talking to them too. They know what I'm saying. Bob, I just can't wait for you to put a bow on this because I think this is huge. This is important. I agree with everything that Chris said. And I think, Chris, you brought that other dimension into it about your internal people, your internal customers, your team, especially today with the competitiveness of employment. I mean, look, if you're looking to hire Larry and if he's got Mary in his life and Mary's going to go to your website, she's going to learn more about you and your company and your principles. And if she starts discovering that you got guiding principles, that you have a beautiful mission statement, that you care about dogs, that you care about children with cancer or whatever that cause is, there's a good probability that's going to really resonate with her. Now, I'm not trying to, like Chris said, I'm not trying to capitalize on this. Please don't misunderstand. I'm just saying to Chris's point, that's a great byproduct. That's a great unintended consequence, but a really good one, right? That's going to happen out of that. You know, here at Elite, we're all dog lovers. And there's a unwritten rule at the company that I don't hire people that don't love dogs. Yeah. So earlier this year, we did a fundraiser for Tufts University. They're the number one university in America for uh, doing canine cancer research. And we did a fundraiser for them and we raised a tremendous amount of money. And I got to tell you, we didn't, when I say we didn't promote it, we didn't put our name with this. We just went out there and we did it to Chris's point. And everyone in the organization just knew that they felt good about what they were doing. So for us, it, it was really an internal thing more than anything else for us doing that. So I think this is something that your listeners shouldn't miss. And to your point, Carm, and to Chris, whatever cause you pick, don't pick the cause of the day. Don't pick the flavor of the week. Don't jump from cause to cause. Find something that you're genuine about and grab onto it. There are two things that these panelists said that stuck out to me. Number one, Brendan, who was the most logical panelist that we had up there. I mean, he was the X and O guy. That's all that he was. But I was intrigued in the fact that he said it might not influence him that you're involved with a cause, but he might tell other people about it. I thought that that was compelling. And how about Yana? How about her takeaway? Somebody new in your community comes to your community. They don't have any friends. They don't have any relationships. They don't know anything about anybody. But they find out that you're involved with, you know, breaks for breasts or raising money for cancer, whatever it is. You know what? That might be something that just tips them over and goes, you know what? This is the kind of people that I want to deal with because they don't have anybody else to ask. So I think that there's some really great takeaways there. I think all of your listeners need to really understand the value of cause marketing. Wow. Thank you. Speaking of cause marketing, we're doing on... August 31st, a, uh, a CARM cast for Breaks for Breast with Leanne and, and Laura. It's dear to my heart because, you know, my wife had breast cancer and is in remission and it's near, we don't talk about it a lot, but it's something that I've gotten behind because it is so important. They've raised up 1.4 million for breast cancer vaccine research. And uh, it's exciting to see all of that. So th- thank you for that. And I think CARM to all your listeners, like the guys that weren't able to join us for the earlier sessions, even the one about mechanics, the mechanics versus technician term. I think that's such an incredible takeaway. And it tells us, darn it, we need to listen to our customers. We need to listen to our customers, whether it's your shuttle driver, knowing how to actively listen and how to actively ask questions of your your customers, whether it be you, like Chris says, sitting down with your customers in the lobby, uh, whether it's be sending out evaluations, you know, survey <laughs> forms that are uh, just, uh, you know, where they don't have to list their name when they respond. They could just be incognito. I think you need to work really hard at listening to your customers. I think this is a good example of that. 
Amen. Uh, you have a great offer and a handout for our listener, and uh, I'd love you to talk about that. Yeah, we do. Actually, there are a couple things, Carmen, that we decided to pass on to your your listeners. And one is a job description We for shop owners. We believe every shop owner needs to have a written job description, just like text and advisors and everyone else. And if your listeners would like to get a copy of that at absolutely no charge, it's available to you. We also know that customer care is a process. We know it's not an event. It's something that's actually a series. And we put together a customer care guide. It has, I believe, 13 pages in it. And it shows some bullet points for each one of the touch points with your customers, your websites, your first phone call when they first come in and all. And the whole idea of it is to give you a starter template that you could sit down with your entire team and start reviewing the entire customer process all the way from the beginning, all the way to the end. And it's easy to get, Carm. All that they need to do is go to the link or use the QR code. They can get it at absolutely no charge. It's a complimentary gift from us to them. Thank you. We'll also have the link in the show notes if you're listening through one of your podcast listening apps. Just Go to show more, look at the show notes, click on it, and you could probably download it to your phone. And or if not, wait to go to your desktop and put it in your download folder. I got them. I read them. It's great stuff. And I think uh, a great resource for aftermarket shop owners. Just in case you find some other really good stuff, please come back on and bring us those those sound bites all about customers' perspective about how they look at our industry. Thank you. Thank you so much. Don't forget, EliteWorldwide.com forward slash ARN for Aftermarket Radio Network. Bob Cooper, president, founder of Elite Worldwide, founded in 1990. Bob, you've been passionately at it for a few years. I love doing what I do. And, you know, to that point. Carm, I want to change gears here if I could just for a moment and speak about Chris. I've known Chris for a number of years and I'm very fortunate that he's been working with us and doing an extraordinary job for us as a business development coach. Chris is a real deal. If you're looking for somebody in the industry that we can all learn from, it's Chris Monroe. He's not only able to build a great shop and help other people in growing great shops, but he's the real deal. Uh, he's a gentleman in every way. He has the principles and he's a deep thinker and he gets it when it comes to the customer experience. And everything that I've heard him say today, everything validated that. That's the Chris guys and gals, all of you listeners, the Chris Monroe that you heard today. That's a Chris Monroe we all know. So Chris, the industry, uh, we're all blessed to have you as a part of this industry, Chris. Thank you very much, Bob. That, that means a, that means a ton. I would like to pass it forward and I would like to say to Carm and Tracy, your continued enthusiasm for our industry. I listen to your show all the time and I refer my clients to listen to your show and you continue to bring relevant and current material to our listeners and to our industry. And, um, I've got my employees listening to you, and I just appreciate your passion. And as the all ships rise, uh, you know, great job, man. Really proud of you. Guys like Bob and Chris that say these very kind things about what Tracy and I do. And thank you for confirming how hard we work and that we get together all the time and we look at the stretch capabilities. What are we going to talk about now that all of a sudden they're writing magazine articles about in two months? The input that we get from the industry, hey, we, we should hear about this and talk about that. And thank you for saying this because it just prompted me to say that I interviewed Derek Kaufman. He just studies EVs. He studies EVs for M&A reasons. And he came on He talked about stuff that 
we don't know as the average aftermarket individual. That episode is going to come out within two weeks. You need to be sure that you don't miss it because who controls what? Where are we going? The new bill that just came out, all of it's integrated. And the challenge to the industry is to what, when, and how we should be really be major players in EVs. And today, while we're recording this and let the world know that, your great state, Bob, wants to make... Gas engines outlawed by 2035. We'll all get up on our soapboxes and have an opinion about that. But there is a government force that we need to think about and consider. Yeah. Well said. Well said, Carm. Bob Cooper, Chris Monroe, thank you so much for being here. It was a great episode. It's an awesome, awesome time. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time... 